And I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments, that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. Thank you, thank you for being here today. Welcome to the Political Notebook podcast. I'm Billy Robb, I'm a high school teacher. And I'm Robert Robb, an editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about the now concluded and published Mueller report. We'll talk about the substance of the report as well as the political reactions so far. The clip you heard at the beginning was uh, from a short press conference that Robert Mueller gave when he closed down his office in late May. He said in that press conference that his work was done, the report speaks for itself, and he didn't want to speak any more about it. He was then dragged back into the spotlight to testify before Congress. And I just want to say before we talk about the report itself that I really appreciated uh, Mueller's demeanor and style throughout this process. He was appointed for a specific and very important job. He did his duty, kept a low profile, and now we have a thorough and independent account of what happened during the 2016 election and and how Trump responded to the investigation once it started. Did you have that similar impression of Mueller, or what was your impression of his uh, approach to the to the job? Um, for the most part, yes. I, I, I think the report served a public purpose. Um, I think that um, he conducted it and superintended it um, with... Uh, integrity. I uh, do um, have some fault uh, with the obstruction of justice section of it. Uh, he, uh, he, prosecutors aren't in the business of deciding whether people are innocent. They're in the business of deciding whether there's sufficient evidence to charge them with a crime. So I think going out of his way to say this does not exonerate the president was overstepping the appropriate role for a special prosecutor. And I also think the series of incidents that were cited um, were uh, overplayed and not put in context. It's clear, reading between the lines, that uh, Mueller believes that uh, President Trump obstructed justice. Uh, I don't think that that is a conclusion warranted uh, mm -hmm. by the incidences that were cited given the broader context of uh, Trump's cooperation generally uh, with the investigation, and most importantly, I think the exoneration line just so, doesn't exonerate, <clears throat> overstepped his boundaries. So, so in, in your mind, uh, even though he did conduct his, his job with integrity, sort of um, inserting his, making his impression of the conclusions known, um, yeah, and, I, and, and even though he didn't outright say it, you think the way he, the way he framed it, um, the conclusion sort of tipped his cards on what he actually thought about it. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question reading the obstruction <laughs> of justice section that he uh, uh, that his team concluded that, that Trump obstructed justice and could not say that uh, given uh -huh. the Department of Justice rules. And let me say that I do not believe um, that uh, he did the things that I find fault with um, out of a partisan motivation uh -huh. or to go out and get the president. I, I believe that he sincerely reached those conclusions 
and felt in the circumstances um, that it was appropriate mm-hmm. to go beyond the sort of thing that a prosecutor would normally do and to make his right. pointed um, statement that, that, it's, yeah. that it didn't exonerate him. I, I just think he made a mistake. <clears throat> I don't think it was partisan. It was motivated by partisanship. I think that he was doing what he thought was in the best public interest. I just disagree with his conclusion. And probably uh, only a very small percentage of Americans have have read the full report cover to cover, um, but you have, and uh, and we've and you know since we've we've talked and, and and you've written about the investigation at various stages of it uh, after reading it in its entirety, um, what was your biggest takeaway from it, or is there any, was there anything? Because you had impressions of it, you, you wrote about it. We've had a podcast episode after Barr's summary was released about it. Um, so there's impressions and takeaways there. After reading it in its entirety, um, did anything new or, or or a different impression like stand out at you that was that was new? No, I I I, I do believe that a public service uh, was served by. Uh, the uh, Mueller team uh, chasing down every instance that people were citing as collusion between the Trump campaign and uh, the Russian activities. A lot of people would have regarded that as overkill, you know, for instance, casual conversations mm-hmm. with the Russian ambassador by some low-ranking um, Trump uh, campaign official. But the thoroughness of that um, and uh, the failure to come up with any substantial evidence of collusion, I think, um, was a uh, cleansing episode uh, given where our politics were. I don't think that the special investigation should have ever been launched. I do, however, believe that it served a very useful public service Mm -hmm. in terms of just chasing down every potential incident of collusion that was out there and reaching the conclusion that um, there wasn't collusion. So I think some Democrats would say there was collusion. And this is what I want to get into now with some of the substance of of the report. So um, I guess the, the goal of the investigation had kind of three things. One, to figure out... Um, definitively that who 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 attacked the who um that russia was involved in trying to manipulate the election through social media uh provocations and participating in in hacking uh emails and and releasing them through wikileaks like so just what happened with russia the second part was um whether the trump campaign coordinated with them and participated with that in any way, and then third, uh, if the tr- if Trump tried to obstruct the investigation into the first two, um, there doesn't seem to be any disagreement now that uh, the first one that Russia did uh, deliberately and systematically, as our Mueller said in the beginning, um, try to influence the election through provocations and and stirring up. Uh, Polarization, uh, as you wrote in your uh, <clears throat> one of your columns, uh, on the fringes of of the internet to try to increase polarization. 
Trump folks would say, and Trump will, repeats uh, for the second two, no collusion, no obstruction. Um, but I think Democrats, a lot of them will say, uh, yeah, there was collusion, and this is what we mean by that, and this is what was inappropriate about that. And there was obstruction, because this is what was done to obstruct the um, investigation. And so there, some of them are, a lot of them are calling for impeachment. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, people like independents, some independents, well, I guess there's only one independent. Now, Justin Amash, uh, you know, he's saying there is obstruction, and he's calling for an impeachment. And there's people like, uh, I would say, like Mitt Romney, and kind of what you wrote, which is, there was no collusion. There's a lot of untoward stuff that you wouldn't want to see from a president on the obstruction question, but there's not impeachable uh, obstruction. So, um, for let's start with the we'll start with the the second question about uh, collusion. What um, what did you read that you said that's not collusion? That's not that's not a problem. What they their relate the the Trump campaign's relationship with the with the um, there were only two instances of um, potential collusion. Um, the first was um, uh, George Papadopoulos, uh, who was not on the payroll of the Trump campaign. He was just on a foreign policy letterhead. So his involvement in the Trump campaign was highly peripheral. Uh, sent a message to the campaign um, that the Russians had damaging information on Hillary Clinton, and it would be forthcoming. Uh, there was no interest in that email or follow-up from the Trump campaign. And, and as I said, he was not a paid member of the staff. He was just on a foreign policy letterhead and a peripheral figure. The more substantive um, potential collusion was the meeting uh, that Donald Trump Jr. set up uh, in which he thought a Russian was coming to provide dirt on Hillary Clinton. Um, so clearly, Donald Jr. was willing to accept that information mm -hmm. from, uh, the, uh, from the Russians. The record is unclear whether the other participants in that meeting um, uh, Trump's son-in-law and the then campaign chairman knew that that was the subject matter of the camp of the meeting. As it turns out, that wasn't the subject matter of the meeting right. at all. Like the, the meeting was arranged operation. under false uh, pretenses. Um, so all you really have uh, is um, Donald Jr. being willing to accept the information and. <clears throat> which wasn't forthcoming. There's no evidence anybody else knew no. that that was the purpose of the meeting. You didn't have the information, and so you can't know what the Trump campaign would have done with it if it were real. So this, this, this part maybe is not, you know, cut and dry um, collusion, but uh, it's, you know, it seemed like Trump was publicly encouraging you know, WikiLeaks and these and these releases, and um, almost like having it be part of his campaign. The most famous one was when he said in a in a conference, "Russia, if you're listening, I hope you can find those emails and and release them, and and you'll be rewarded." I mean, something like that. Like if if they had found that in an email that he sent to a Russian operative, would that have been evidence of collusion? 
because 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 they released email they they uh, tried to find they released more emails after you know after that people usually don't collude <laughs> so so publicly but but, um, if it, but, I but mean, the wikileaks episode in fact provided the most telling evidence of a lack of collusion uh, because uh, Trump, uh, uh, to a, a lesser extent, but some of his campaign officials and um, a political hanger-on that's always mm. been part of Trump's entourage, were um, almost desperately trying to find out what WikiLeaks had and, and what they were going to do with it right, and when. Right. Well, if you're part of the conspiracy, you know those things. Right. You don't have to be seeking uh, that information. It, it, I, I attribute the um, Trump public comment as just Trump being Trump in uh, his most unattractive way. I, I, don't, and, and, I don't believe that Putin read that and said, oh, oh my God, let's go, let's go put them out. But, and, and I also, I mean, it, it is true that most of the intervention that occurred in the 2016 general election uh, was in favor of Trump and against Hillary Clinton. But not all of it was. And during the Democratic primary, the Democrat, the, the disinformation, the Russian disinformation campaign was in favor of Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. um, so I, 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 to me, the, the collusion story um, uh, was pretty thoroughly discredited by the Mueller report. And again, the most telling thing to me was the efforts that the Trump campaign to went to, <laughs> to to try to find out what WikiLeaks had but and what it, they would do with but it. But isn't that an attempt at collusion? I mean, no, it's, I mean, an, it's, an, it's an attempt to find out information that will be significant in, in the campaign so you know um, um, what's coming and, and what to do about it. If, but, if, if you were in on... Right, right, right. The, the gig, you would know. You wouldn't have to be trying so, to find so, out. But coordinating your sort of like your campaign and press strategy around that and trying to do that, I mean, obviously, I guess that's not illegal, but you're just kind of riding the wave of all those damaging things that are coming from the Russian influence. I mean, I guess that's not... Well, I mean, all not, campaigns try to take advantage of outside mm -hmm, events right. that are, are to their advantage. And so I, th that's not colluding. Right. I mean, that... In, or like it's at least not, uh, you know, uh, criminal conspiracy, which is. And I don't even think it's layman collusion. It's 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 trying to find out a significant event that will happen so you can be prepared to take advantage of it if it's to your advantage. One other uh, part of this kind of rings some alarm bells to me is 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 how many people in his campaign that were that were part of that um got in trouble for lying about what they did uh, including um michael cohen his personal lawyer uh lying about the timing of his business deals with russia uh trying to get a, a hotel built in <laughs> russia <laughs> during the campaign so so to me that just just on the surface it's like all these people are you know lying about this and going to prison uh it it what shows that, that Trump had associations with disreputable people, um, and uh, that's uh, 
not new in his either his business or his political life. So I think it's fair to um, criticize Trump for the company that he kept. And there's even well, some they, there's I, even some evidence that Trump um, was complicit uh, in uh, trying to tell an untrue story about the hotel venture. Uh, in Moscow, but that's that's far from any evidence of collusion with the Russian efforts uh, to uh, influence the election. It's him trying to suppress damaging information and uh, being willing to lie about it himself and be willing to have subordinates lie on his behalf. So let's move on to the question. So, so that, 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 that is a, an indictment of his character. Uh, but not evidence of collusion with a disinformation campaign by the Russians. So let's move on and talk about the obstruction question. Um, and you wrote in, in your column about this that, that Trump uh, publicly denounced and sought, credit, uh, sought to discredit the investigation. He fired the FBI director uh, and sought to get the special counsel fired. Um, he pressured uh, the attorney general that had recused himself that brought on the special uh, investigator to unrecuse himself and to limit uh, future elections um, influence of being investigated and that he publicly, Trump publicly praised or denounced um, witnesses and targets based on whether they were resisting or cooperating with the investigation. But then you say that you the main argument it seemed like you were saying for why it's not obstruction is that there was no underlying crime. But it seems to me like uh, that shouldn't matter because if, if you are able to successfully obstruct an investigation, we would never know if there was a crime or not, which is kind of the point of not wanting people to obstruct justice. It, that, that's not my um, largest reason for reaching the conclusion that the obstruction of justice section of Mueller's report um, overplays certain incidences and in, in steps beyond his, his boundaries. I, I do think that it is um, a factor um, that there was nothing to cover up uh, in, ter in terms of, of collusion. So that, that uh, influences the way that a prosecutor would look at the motivation for someone's activities. But the larger reasons for me is that everything Trump did is within his constitutional rights. He has First Amendment rights. If he, he can denounce an investigation if he wants. I mean, the Constitution gives him the right to do that. Um, inferior officers of the government work for him. It's within his power to discharge them. And uh, there is, um, and in the Mueller report, challenges this point of view, but there is a point of view that by law, um, a president cannot obstruct justice by exercising his constitutional authority. William Barr, the uh, current attorney general, uh, took that position and, and articulated it before he became uh, Trump's uh, attorney general, and I happen to agree with that. The other most significant reason is the lack of context. Um, yes, Trump had these incidences where he wouldn't fire this person and that person, and he engaged in these public comments. Uh, but overall, um, Trump and his campaign and his administration cooperated uh, extensively um, with the investigation. Uh, he did not exert uh, executive privilege, uh, and he allowed his... 
um, subordinates to testify and and provide evidence um, pretty much uh, without restrictions. But they wanted thousands of documents were were uh, turned over, uh, and Mueller has never cited uh, an incident of where, uh, with one exception, of where he wanted to do something and was blocked from doing it. And that only exception is uh, a desire to interview the president uh, directly, and not only about collusion, but about obstruction of justice. The, the president said he would only answer written questions, and only and not about uh, obstruction. Um, so as a matter of fact, it wasn't obstructed. Uh, the things that are depicted as uh, an attempt to obstruct are almost entirely within the president's constitutional authority to do. And you have the larger context of very significant and extensive um, cooperation with the investigation. So I don't think looking at it as a whole uh, that you can reach the conclusion that the president... Uh, obstructed justice. At, at one point, he told Don McGahn to fire Robert Mueller. If Don McGahn did that and fired Robert Mueller, um, there would be this report wouldn't exist, right? Well, um, no, the Department of Justice would have would've... appointed a replacement. So, so it would just been a new, a new right. special prosecutor that they that they then uh, replaced. So, I guess my. I, I but, definitely but, but, but the president had the authority to pick up the phone to, said, to Robert Mueller right. and said, guess what? You're you're done. Right. And it's, so, it so is, how does a president exercising his constitutional authority obstruct justice? And, and I, now, and now I, again, there, there's there's a different legal point of view in, in Mueller's team goes to quite a length in disputing the legal position uh, that I just articulated and William Barr articulated with considerable, considerably more authority uh, uh, before he became AG. And I definitely respect that we have to be careful about accusing someone of obstruction of justice uh, or even impeaching someone for doing things that's in their constitutional authority. What I just worry about and I, I wonder about is uh, how... In what? How do you hold a president accountable for, for things if it's in a president's inherent authority to stop? Uh, but it's in Congress's inherent authority to say um, we consider that a uh, breach of norms and standards, and we impeach you for it. Because impeachment is the eyes of the beholder. Right. I mean, it, it is a political not, remedy. Yeah, and it's not. So Congress is Congress has the constitutional authority to say these things that that Trump did um, that we have talked about uh, is unacceptable behavior in the presidency, and we're going to remove him from office because of that. And that is constitutional. <laughs> to it, do that, that is constitutional. And I think I think that's maybe. A, Maybe they're approaching it in a way, the Democrats are approaching it in a way to say we have to have definitive evidence of this specific thing in order to do this. But it's really, a, it's pretty vague, right? It's a political... It's a political, it's a political judgment. Political it's, it's a political remedy. Um, 
and an exercise of political judgment. Um, and it, it, to me, it seems like uh, at this point, it's it's almost too late uh, for them to to for it to be a successful political uh, maneuver because it's it's been so. I mean, it's, he he made his report out, and if you know, at this point, to me, it seems like we we know everything. We know so much. If, if you think what's been done so far is impeachable, it, to me, it seems like you should just impeach him. Or, the, but if you don't, don't. The, the, the Democrats and the Republicans, in my judgment, blew the Mueller hearings. Um, you're right. The report speaks for itself. Um, it didn't move public opinion um, towards support for impeachment. Um, so Democrats are wary about going into that water. Um, so their hope was that, that Mueller repeating what was in his report um, would change public opinion and give them uh -huh. greater latitude to do it. Mueller was dedicated to not making news and, and not allowing him and his report to be turned into a partisan weapon. He flat says in the report um, that the next step is up to Congress. Right. Republicans blew it um, because... Um, there were opportunities through their questioning to sort of make the points that I've made about why the obstruction of justice um, section overstepped um, a prosecutorial role and uh, lacked context uh, and was within the president's constitutional authority. Rather than do that, um, they attacked the integrity of Mueller and his team. Yeah. So they looked like partisan hacks. Both yeah. both the re Republicans and the Democrats looked like partisan hacks. And and their logic doesn't make sense. They're saying they're saying this report is total exoneration <laughs> of of the president. And then they say Mueller is a senile fool who hired a bunch of Democrats to 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 try. It's like. Those things don't don't compute. <laughs> That's true. You know? And so, yeah. And I was really, I was, just, to me, it came off really bad. And I don't know if I agree. Their their fans liked it, but just them. I, I mean, here's a guy. Here's a guy Mueller who doesn't want to be there. He's already lived this report. He's a he's been a Republican, you know, and he's he's fulfilling this duty. He's clearly he doesn't like the spotlight or any, anything, and he's kind of just being dry. And they're they're just on stage attacking him. I don't know if they were performing for Trump watching on TV or what their oh, goal I, was. I just, and, and the, these congressional hearings always make <laughs> the congressmen look terrible. And, and, and I think it's because it's simply their political instincts and an inability to figure out how can we productively right. use it. Uh, but I think you're your characterization of, of them and the absurdity of their position is yeah. well warranted. And now the Democrats um, need more than what's in the Mueller report mm -hmm. to justify formal right. impeachment hearings. So that's why we, we have the planopy of additional uh, investigations going yeah. on. They, I mean, they, they, I would have disagreed with it, but... One can reasonably look at um, the activities, particularly in the obstruction of justice um, 
section and and say this is uh, behavior unacceptable of a president and we're going to move to remove him from office but having gotten the report and then having the hearing be such a dud uh, i think politically they need some kind of more a smoking gun of yeah. some kind of illegality that the the president committed yeah. in order to have the political space um, to pursue impeachment. I don't think, I, I think at some point in time, uh, at least the Judiciary Committee uh, will consider articles of impeachment. I just think that the internal momentum and demand for it within the Democratic Party will at least cause uh, Nadler to have the Judiciary Committee formally consider articles of impeachment. Yeah. And then just to just kind of like finish where we started here of, of, you know, if you take a step back from the partisanship of this, you know, if we look at it as just Americans, you know, what, what happened was a foreign country deliberately tried to um, divide us and, and, and to weaken our, you know, to weaken our system, to make people question things, to make people more upset at each other. And, and, uh, uh, we've uh, definitely become inflamed by um, lots of things lately, but um, I think a priority should be um, from the you know from the initial cause of, of of this is making sure our elections are secure. Yeah, I, I'm um, less worried about the disinformation campaign, mm-hmm. which which isn't anything new. The the Russians and Previously, the Soviet Union have done that for a long time, and I know that we have a, a, a difference of perspective, but I don't think um, it meant much. The attempts to hack into our um, election equipment, um, I think, is a far more serious matter, and I am hoping that election officials throughout the country are viewing that um Seriously, because if we ever find uh, that either the Russians or some domestic group or organization uh, manipulated the count of the vote, uh, that will be such a blow to what's already a fragile confidence in right. the integrity of our democratic process. That that could really stagger the country. So that, I think for Democrats and Republicans or independents or whatever, that's got to be a, you know, a priority. And, um, we can all look at that from the same side as, as we want secure and, and, and trustworthy elections. Um, <clears throat> last question, it's football season. Are you going to watch the, uh, you know, you play fantasy football, or do you? Are you gonna watch? <laughs> you know the answer. <laughs> <to that. laughs> I, I haven't followed football since my high school team. Although, well, you'll watch fair, the Cardinals games or me, some ASU games, right? Um, no more than a quarter <laughs> or so when I'm over at my mother's house and she's got got the game on. So, but I understand that Cardinal fans are kind of excited for the upcoming season. <laughs> well. I don't know if we'll get the same football updates that we that we do with basketball <laughs> updates, but uh, thanks everyone for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to us on pretty much any podcasting app. Thank you.